0: Hi, we're Monique and Ali, and welcome to the Together Apart podcast. We are two mothers who are both currently successfully co-parenting, and wanted to create the resource that we wish we'd had when we'd started on our journeys of parenting after separation. We want to make it very clear that we are not trained therapists and are sharing our lived experiences. Some of the concepts we speak of aren't relevant in situations where safety is an issue,
1: to the Together Apart podcast. This is episode three. Welcome back for listeners who are returning and hello if you're a first-time listener. We are Ellie and Monique and today this episode is going to be on letting go and stories which we're going to yeah. explain in depth.
0: We are now I guess. S- okay. <laughs> Okay, so letting go of the stories that we tell ourselves, we think is one of the most important pieces of the co-parenting journey. And um, last week or a couple of weeks ago, we asked um, parents to write in their experiences with co-parenting and a really huge theme in terms of being a turning point for co-parents and their journeys was finally letting go of the stories that they had told themselves. And I know that for myself, that that has 100% been true because the story that I clung on to so desperately was the white picket fence dream, which we'll talk a little bit about later. But do you wanna talk about, I suppose, what your understanding of stories that people tell themselves are and what you've noticed talking to other parents?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, okay. So I think they can be small scale and they can be big scale, but it is often everything we tell ourselves is a story. So say you walk into the coffee place and the barista is a bit rude to you and you take that personally and you tell yourself this story that, oh, they mustn't, you know, I must have annoyed them or something like that. And you go on this tangent, right? That's just a story. So everything we make around our experiences is stories. And sometimes we can get so caught up in them that we actually lose the ability to sit back and go, no, this is actually just a story that I'm telling myself and therefore repeating consistently
0: Hmm.
1: than what is actually the facts of what is happening. And that's why we've kind of bundled letting it go and stories into the same episode because there is so much shedding of the stories we tell ourselves. I have found and you have found them on in co-parenting because really in the transition from a romantic relationship into a co-parenting relationship on a big scale, you need to let go of your past relationship. That doesn't really stand anymore. If something happened and your partner at the time has done something to you that you found was really hurtful, you can't really take that into your co-parenting relationship and hold it against you, hold it against them, sorry forever and that is where the letting go comes in that you need to come into this new relationship and start it fresh um, that doesn't mean you don't know each other it doesn't mean you act like you you know you guys have children together but it just means coming in with a clear mind and the s- stories play a big part in that so for me like you Mon, the white picket fence was a big story that I wanted to identify with mm-hmm. and it took me a lot to I guess be okay with and let go of the fact that I'm never going to have this thing that society says is the normal way to have a family. Because now, even though I don't feel like our family is broken, I feel very whole in our dynamic. And when I meet someone and I have a future family, which I hope will happen one day, it's still never going to be the white picker fence story of a mom and a dad and the kids. And that's it. It's going to be a blended family. You know, I might meet someone with kids. I might not, but Either way, it's not going to be what society says, you know, the 2.5 kids or whatever the Mm -hmm. thing is. And so for me, letting go of that story and I guess the narrative of the single mom. So it probably went from the white picket fence and then I went into single mom, right? Because we Mm -hmm. said, yeah, I did the same. I had to let go of that. And I really found that people pander to this single mom narrative of hardship and all of that, which is, you know, for those mothers doing it out there by themselves totally, you know, but I, you and I have both spoken about this and I don't actually identify as a single mom. I'm a single woman who parents with her ex-partner, but I'm not a single mom. I'm not earning all the money. I'm not doing all the child stuff. I don't have, I have support. Um, And I think that's a really important thing. But what I found is I did get caught up in that and people in my life pandered to it. Mm. Oh, you're a single mom. Oh, that must be so hard. And especially in dating, I found it's it's that thing that men really well, okay, that's gonna sound really stereotyped, but will come in and be like, oh, I really want to help you. Like it must be so hard being a single mom. And then oh, I'm like, well, yes. no, I'm not a single mom. Like I'm a single woman who has a child, but I have a lot of support. Like Rocky's dad is so supportive, and same with you and Steve. Um, And so then I had to really, but I was found myself identifying with it because people kept saying it to me and people kept being like, yeah, it's so hard being a single mom. Yeah. It's so hard. This when really I am more than fine. I am more than capable and I have more than enough support around me to make Mm -hmm. it that I am not doing anything by myself essentially. And so once I then had to drop that story and move into the whole, I guess, re my identity as I'm just a single woman with a child then I found it so much easier to move through that process because I'm letting go of these things that I've kind of attached myself to because I wasn't sure of where I stood. And then I've realized that I'm attached to this narrative and that I'm playing into it. As soon as I let that go, I can be free from that and move on to the more realistic situation, which is as, you know, in that situation is, no, I'm not going to have the white picket fence. Well, no, I can have a white picket fence if I want. It's just going to be my own version. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm going to paint my white picket fence. so will be <laughs> fine. But it's going to be my own version. And then, you know, and sometimes when you're letting go of these stories and you probably found this too, it's also taking the people around you on the journey with you because if you're the first one doing it, we spoke about this a lot in episode one, then you need them to support you too. And you need to say, oh, no, like I'm actually not, you know, I don't really see myself as a single mom. And even just identifying that and telling people around that can help change change that narrative for yeah. them too um and stop them kind of reinforcing your own story i just want
0: to circle back as well to how helpful storytelling can really be when it you know story, the purpose of storytelling is to help us make sense of things yes the problem with storytelling is that your truth is only relative to your Mm -hmm. own what is it like experience experience and Mm -hmm. it's subjective so your reality does not necessarily translate to the truth for everybody yes and the minute that you can let that go the minute that you can let go that maybe you're wrong because another story (laughs) that I tell myself was that I'm right and someone else is wrong
1: oh yeah okay and that's a, that's a really big one
0: Yeah, well, it helps me. It helped me to justify my actions. Any actions that I was taking were done in the name of me being right and knowing what was best for everybody. That was my truth, but that necessarily wasn't my son's truth or my Mm -hmm. ex partner's truth, or Mm -hmm. our extended family and friends' truth. Mm -hmm. And so, even letting go of the story that I'm right and that I need to be right, so that I can create space for a new narrative to come in that upholds, um, you know, a new pathway for all of us was possible. And I 100% struggled so much, especially because Steve and I were childhood sweethearts. Letting go of that white picket fence dream was so challenging and such a long process i even still to this day four years down the track sometimes think about how easy it would be if we just stayed together because we did everything i ticked every single box that i was meant to tick in order to feel like i was in a successful relationship and had done something good with my life Mm -hmm. and i had to let go of all of that i had to let go of years and years and years and years of stories i had told myself that that's what a a successful relationship look like
1: well that's also that- years and years of conditioning as well yeah
0: from society it is yeah 100 is and i think the another problem that i see with holding on to the stories that we tell ourselves is also how it feels in our body i know for me that i feel emotions very physically and holding on to stories that are unhelpful or no longer relevant to whatever situation i'm in they feel like a gripping because if you think about it it's an attachment to a story it's an attachment to a narrative mm-hmm. and it feels like you've got a really closed tight fist on your story clenched tight white knuckles you know bearing down holding on to it fucking till the cows come home yeah I don't, I don't know why the cows come home but it's a really stressful experience and it's full of a lot of effort and hard work and strain and suffering was for yep. me a lot of pain uh, a lot of resistance from other people as well because there's no space for them to have a different opinion to me
1: mm-hmm.
0: and letting go for me or surrendering my attachments to my stories always felt like relief like a sweet fresh breath of air definitely but it- but it's always scary because where you are in your story is oh, its so comfortable it's so comfortable and it's safe and it's known right. and you know it you know you, it like you know what's going to yeah. happen but also like on the flip side of that is if you know what's going to happen how can you create a different outcome if you're continually taking mm-hmm. the same actions and Thoughts yeah. and behaviors and all of that stuff. You, you're you just going to keep creating the cycle of repeated patterns and behaviors, not just in yourself, but in generations to come mm-hmm. within your family. I hear you. And then I think it's also important to note in co-parenting, if you
1: have two co-parents who are both stuck in their stories and no one's willing to shove, then or move or a, a transition to a different story, then you're not, you're not going to move. You're kind of going to just, you'll be stagnant. Um, and I think that like, definitely for me, and I feel like in the space, like they're the two main stories that I spoke mm. about, but I'm kind of shedding stories all the time. And even like within our co-parenting relationship now, like for an example, cause that was quite a large scale um, mm. example. And I think examples are good ways to get things through, but um, Charlie was a little bit kind of I guess short yesterday but he wasn't he was just busy right but it took a lot for me to not get into this story of oh I've annoyed him oh I've done something
0: oh that's me today
1: (laughs) yeah that's you today um and he hadn't done like he wasn't he wasn't being mean or anything like that it's very aware that we're mean to one another um and he was just being a bit short with me and he he didn't call me back straight away and he wasn't messaging back straight away, which, you know, demanding, but I'm like, I'm kidding. <laughs> but he normally is so good on the, t- the technology and the <laughs> communication that I hear back straight away. And so I kept like having these things going, oh my God, have I done something? What did I do this morning? Did I do something to push him back up? Oh, piss him off? I was a bit late back from the dog walk. Like, was it that? And then I had to go, these are stories I am attaching to a situation. <laughs> the facts of this right now, Is that I know he's
0: busy with work. I've got a day off with Rocky, so I'm a little bit bored. And that's it. I have a really good story that my friend told me. This is not related to Mm co-parenting. But she used to have this, she used to get a lot of anxiety whenever her husband or someone in her family would go away and she would immediately think they're gonna die. And it would cause her to do that. Yeah, it would cause her a lot of stress. Unbelievable anxiety until they're back with her. And we were talking about it. Mm -hmm. And basically we worked out that her mum's dad had left one day and on a holiday and Mm -hmm. died on the holiday or something like that Mm -hmm. and never came home when she, when her mother was a child. And so her, she had actually been passed on that anxiety from her parent that when people leave, they don't come home. Yeah and that's the story she had grown up with so that's the story that she had told herself and i just thought that it was such a powerful um story about stories <laughs> and I how <laughs> yesterday about stories and how it manifests in the body and mm-hmm. how it can be passed on to our children simply from seeing them you know uh, our yeah, children seeing us definitely. sort of like model those stresses and stuff like that another friend gave me this really amazing example about stories And she said, when we're born, we're holding on to this red ribbon. I know it's red, but a ribbon. Mm -hmm. She said, every time we have an experience, every time we have an interaction with someone, we turn around and as we start to turn around, the ribbon's twirling around with us. And as we get older, that ribbon gets tighter and tighter, thicker and thicker. And if we don't unravel, i.e. turn around and turn the other Mm -hmm. way to unravel that ribbon and free ourselves, all we're going to do is become weighted and constricted and by this ribbon because it's going to get so tight and thick around us that it's going to be hard to breathe and we're going to do everything we can to avoid what our mind has told us is not safe about the world around yeah. us because of the stories we're telling ourselves. And so I always imagine that my stories of ribbon around me and that it's my job to unravel this ribbon. And it's a constant, you know, unraveling. I'm always mm-hmm. picking up shit. And even when I think I've let a story go, something will happen. I'm like, oh, yep, there it is. (laughs) And sometimes I hear myself talking and I'm like,
1: this is not legit. This is something I've told myself. Mm -hmm. But it's cool when you start because once you identify one little story you've told yourself and another. And a lot of it is, and I'm going to take a bit of an assumption here, a lot of it is in the initial part of a breakup, it's stories about the other person. Mm -hmm. So often we'll hang on to, I don't know, say – you know, if this is hypothetical, this did not happen. But if I was like, "Oh, Charlie's such a shit person. He does this and he does that and he does that," and I cling on to that, and I cling on to this story that he's not a good person and I'm the good one in the relationship and I'm trying to do all this stuff, but I, unless I let that go. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to be able to treat Charlie like as though he's a good person because I'm holding on to this story that he's not a good person and this hate and there's bitterness and all this stuff. So I actually have to let that go and go, you know what? Okay. Let's give, I don't know him. Let's sorry, Charlie, I'm using you in this example, but let's give him, you know, the space to, you know, and see what the actual facts of the situation are and what, how much of that is stuff that I've con- like come up with? Not conjuring up in your head because I want to say like it's crazy. It's not. It's what you're taking away from an experience. But if you're holding on to this negative thing and you're refusing to let it go, then you're not going to be able to move forward, and you're not going to be able to treat another person nicely if you're holding on to that story. And we've seen that. We've seen people who have written in. You can see that they're holding on to a story, yeah. and they they don't. Really, until they drop that story, it's going to be really hard to move forward into a. I don't want to use the word successful because I don't think that's the right word, but into a co parenting relationship that could be to its fullest potential.
0: Yeah. I had a story that I held on to that really affected mine and Steve's co parenting relationship in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that was nobody can parent like I can. Ooh, nice one! And yeah, it was a really nice one. (laughs) (laughs) But what it stopped—the problem with it was—it was good for me because it made me feel like a good mom. I'm a great mom. I do all these things—a little bit of mummy martyrdom. Mm -hmm. Stopped, interfered with Steve having his own relationship with Bo because I needed things to be done my way on my terms. In a way, that was safe for me. I can mm-hmm. understand that now. And I justified it by saying that this was the best for Bo. But mm-hmm. that's not necessarily true. And the minute that I was able to let that go, it created space for Steve to step in and have his own unique relationship with Bowden. It allowed him to take ownership of his side of the parenting that I never let him have because I guess I kind of liked him leaning on me a little bit or... Yeah, I felt like maybe myself. You like afraid. the control, maybe. Yeah, it was, a, it was control. It was definitely one hundred percent control. And Bowdoin has a right to have all these unique experiences of relationships, not with just with his dad, with his grandparents, with aunties and uncles and people around, because that's what gives kids, I think, such a multifaceted experience of life. But and me holding on to that story, it was just us in our little safe bubble, me and him doing things exactly how I like them done, and nobody can get in. Yeah, at the cost of all these other things.
1: Yeah, definitely. I see that. And I think I just wrote this down now because I'm um, just circling back to my example where I use Charlie. Um, if I am holding all this stuff against, it can be really scary to let go of a story because oh, so- all of a sudden, if I don't have this this is hypothetical again, guys. I used the wrong bad example. But if I, <laughs> if I have all this hate and this bitterness towards Charlie and he's the bad guy and he's the bad one and I don't, and I have to let go of that, that leaves me going, well, what's my part in this? Mm-hmm. What do, where do I stand? Okay, and if I can't yeah. hate him, then how am I meant to love him into, in our different dynamic now? And it opens this hole and you don't necessarily know how to fill it. And I don't necessarily know how to tell you to fill it, but it needs, it will come, but it can be scary. Like you're staring at this big space and you're like, well, I filled it with this huge story that I've been telling myself for so long. If I remove that, I don't know what to put there. Mm. And I think that's the thing. And I think it's being okay with just stepping back, taking away the story that you've been telling yourself and then going, okay, where to now and make it and just slowly seeing what a more realistic story is to fill that space. Did that make
0: sense? Yeah. And when, when it comes specifically to co-parenting, right, you've got to remember that you've, this is a reminder for myself as much as it is for anybody else, but you've got to remember that your romantic relationship and whatever someone has done wrong, i inverted thingies Mm -hmm. whatever someone has done wrong doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate to their parenting relationship with your child yes it's so different it's completely different so if say I have never been cheated on so I'm you know I am trying to tread very carefully here but if I have been cheated on I'm like you're an asshole and fuck you Mm -hmm. okay I'll use my mum for an example because this is a perfect example so my dad cheated on my mum and my mum's narrative was that my dad is the worst person in the world, and yep. he doesn't deserve to be a parent. Yeah. And so she alienated him from us. Mm-hmm. But that was for her, her not for me. Well, or that's my her relationship with him. That it was has her nothing relationship to do with
1: him as a parent.
0: Now, consequently, he wasn't a great dad either. But, <laughs> <laughs> but in any other situation, but in any other yeah. situation, yeah, you know, the two things, uh different and she never but she never gave us a chance to as adults explore that because she kept him in that bad guy thing yeah. and that was that was a safe space for her because she didn't have to look at potentially some, some wrong decisions that she's made
1: um, but I think that's also an important thing even just coming down to an even more basic level and mm-hmm. if someone is that if there is cheating and there is the hate and the bitterness that comes from that when you move into a co-parenting relationship it's not it's it's good to identify and um, understand that you've been hurt in your romantic relationship, mm-hmm. but carrying that through and consistently blaming and using your children to get back at the partner because of what they did to you separate from them as a parent, yeah, is a really messy space, yeah.
0: and it's not very child centred. And I think just to disclaim. I don't know what the word is here but you got it's discerning between what is true in terms of if there is actually a safety threat here oh yes and what is hurt
1: yes obviously when we speak we are always talking in situations where children are always in a safe place depend like with both parents we are not talking about situations where they are not considered safe um but I'm also mean like when you move into a new relationship, uh, you transition your relationship from a romantic relationship into a co-parenting mm-hmm. relationship, there does come a time when you need to let that relationship go that was romantic and you need to forgive is probably the highest way to go or and let go of the shit that happened in the relationship because relationships are messy and crazy and it hurts and it there's always mm-hmm. hurt. You know, someone always ends up hurt. And, and forgiveness
0: is always for yourself forgiveness yes. is always freedom for yourself mm-hmm. because the alternative is just feeling like your life is fucked because of you know you're not able because your stories are uh, shaping your view of the world i was about to say because you're clinging on to your stories Forgiveness yeah. is a way of letting go And it's always for you. It doesn't necessarily have to be for the other person. If you can't stretch that far, that's okay. You just always start with the self first. Like everything that we always will talk about is that self work is work on the self. It's not trying to fix another person or change another person. It's about doing whatever you can to bring awareness to the stories that you tell yourself and healing to those wounds so that you're not responding to situations, potentially stressful situations as well, from a wounded place and you're you're responding to them from a deeply aligned place within yourself.
1: Yes. Um, and then we wrote down some things. For me personally, a way to identify when I'm telling myself a story is to literally write down the facts mm. of what is happening. And this can happen in, after an argument, it can happen pretty much anytime if I just feel like I need a bit of a reality check to write down the facts. So this is like proper hardcore facts, (laughs) not what I think has happened or Mm -hmm. any of my projections onto a situation. It's just, this is what happened. And that often helps me go, okay, like with Charlie, when yesterday I got in my head that maybe he was being a bit moody towards me. When I actually wrote down the facts, he was not being any different to normal. It was that I was a bit bored and he was a bit busy and that was it. Um, and you wrote down, but you wrote down some stuff. So.
0: Yeah. Another thing further from what you do mm-hmm. what you did there is, um, also to bring awareness, not just to the facts, but to how your, like your reaction to the facts. Yes. Because really circumstances like are always pretty neutral and we have thoughts about the circumstances that are going on that, uh, create emotions or feelings and so you notice the facts and then you notice you're having a response to it. So I'm having a day today where Steve's being really snappy to me. Could be for like a multitude of reasons. Probably half the reason is that he's had to run around after me because I can't walk. Right. Now. <laughs> but this, I'm having thoughts. So the facts are Steve's moody and I can't walk, right? That's just the facts. I think we should
1: clarify that Mon rode a motorbike into
0: bare, barefoot. Just no shoes I was, on. Yeah, I wasn't wearing riding boots and I, I damaged my... I had a, really a
1: pothole yeah. and had an accident yeah. so she's,
0: she's <laughs> yeah. not doing great so i'm not doing, i haven't been doing great the last week but st- the facts are steve's uh probably more snappy with me than he usually is and i am injured and feeling like i can't contribute right The thoughts that I'm having is that he's annoyed at me because I'm being lazy. So a story I'm telling Mm -hmm. myself is I'm lazy because I'm immobile Mm -hmm. and that he's moody because I'm not helping him out. And so the feelings that I'm having is guilty that I'm lying around uh, wanting to fix things like these are all the actions and the thoughts that are feelings Mm -hmm. that are coming from these thoughts about facts, right? And so bringing awareness to the truth of what's going on and then noticing how you're responding to them, either through your actions, thoughts or feelings is one of the most powerful ways that you can let go. But I have some other journal prompts that helped me. Once I had an awareness of a story that I was telling myself and I was struggling to let it go, just some journal prompts that I thought I'd share. Can I um, quickly
1: interrupt? Yeah.
0: Really quickly. I think a tool that I have
1: learned, I'm not sure where I heard of it, but is actually going to your partner, your co-parent, whoever uh, you are talking to and saying I think it's Brene Brown who said this, but the story I'm telling myself is, so yesterday or you would go up to Steve today and say, maybe you can act this out in real time. Um, the story I'm telling myself is that you're frustrated with me because I can't do anything hmm. and, it, and it's making me feel X, Y, Z. Oh, uh, yeah. Can you just clarify this? Because then you can actually get an understanding Like it's just a good opener and a good gentle way because it's not saying you're doing this and it's making me feel like this. It's like the story I'm telling myself is this and it's making me feel this. Can you just help me clarify or sort through this story? And it's a really gentle, soft way to go into a discussion as opposed to coming at guns blazing. I will use that and report back. On oh yes, <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs>
0: stay tuned. Um, okay, um, you can go into your bit now. Sorry. <laughs> so my journal prompts were no, that was really good. My journal prompts would be um, along the lines of what is the cost of me holding on to this story, and mm. usually the cost would be something like um, feeling stressed, feeling exhausted, fighting. Um, noticing my child is distressed, um, feeling uncomfortable around family members, friends, you know, Mm -hmm. hibernating, going into social, you know, lockdown or whatever it is. So that would be personally attacked. Yeah, feeling yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that so that's a good journal prompt is what is the cost of me holding on to my story? And then being honest with myself about how it would feel like to let go of my story. What would it feel like to let go of my story? And it could be scary it could be exciting it could be relieving it could be any of these things and sort of expanding upon your journaling there and what new pathways might i create if i let go of my story or what new experiences or what newness might come from me letting go of my stories because that can be scary as well like thinking that you hate someone and then saying if i let go of my story that they're an asshole then that means that this opens up a pathway to us being friends. And that, and that can, be, can be scary. That can be very scary because you've never been, yeah, it's been a long time since you've been down that road. Yeah. Okay, so those are some really simple journal prompts to use if you. Should we put them in the show notes? Yeah, we'll put them in the show notes. Um, and maybe on Instagram. And maybe on Instagram. And if you're not comfortable with the writing, with writing. And, I, you know, we don't write so that we can get things perfect. We write so that we can get it out of our brain and onto oh, a piece of paper. Sometimes I
1: will like journal and it's just like if anyone else ever read it, they'd be like, this woman.
0: <laughs> it's certifiable. is certifiable.
1: Actually. <laughs> and then I just like sometimes if I don't want, really don't want anyone to see it because it's not on a physical piece of paper, I'll just type it and then I'll just yeah. delete it. But it's actually having your thoughts down on paper makes them so much clearer and it makes them comparable to what's actually happened. Sometimes things get so jumbled in our brains that then when we're also trying to think about what the stories are, we're telling ourselves, but then what's actually happened, it gets all mixed up like mixed Mm -hmm. wires. But when you've actually got your writing down right in front of you, you have a clear space to go, okay, well, what's actually happened And this is how I'm feeling. And I wonder why I'm feeling that. And go through with a highlighter and, you know, highlight bits and see what, why are you feeling stuff or, you know, if something's noticing come up. patterns. Yes, patterns. Oh, patterns. Mm, we should we do a whole a good episode pattern. on
0: patterns. <laughs> <laughs> the next thing would be having a safe space to talk about it with somebody. And that could be therapy if financially that's in your, mm-hmm. you know, like budget. And I personally love somatic therapy, which is, um, Similar to talk therapy, except it's much more bodily and emotion moving emotions throughout your body. But mm-hmm. if that's not available to you, having mm-hmm. one or two people that you can go to that feel safe to express yourself. And you could even say, like, hey, I just need a spaced event. I don't need advice. Or, or
1: I want you to identify any stories I'm point telling. Point out myself. shit to me. I was about yeah. to say, don't go and vent to your friend who's the first one to be like,
0: He's Babe, You're amazing, right. you do yeah. nothing
1: wrong. It's all yeah. them. Yeah. So out?
0: and telling them which one you need. So right now I just need yeah. someone to hear me, or right now I need someone to point out things that I can't see myself. Yeah. And you can do this by text or email or or voice memos. I'm personally a huge voice memo fan. I know it's so weird. I've had to get really used to it. <laughs> I'm
1: like, oh my god! Yeah, gotta listen, listen to this.
0: this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my two minute rants of like I don't yeah. even know what I'm talking about right now. Yeah. Um. So having a space, safe space that you can go to with someone that can hold space for you and whatever it is that you're feeling and help you move through that, whether that's a therapist or a really good friend. What else have we got on there? Self-care practices. I can't see it. Me neither. We had notes, but we never looked um, at them, so I don't know why we oh, wrote them. <laughs> okay. Meditate. So self-care practices. What did would be I like- say is it
1: kind of a joke? I said it kind <laughs> of joke. I was like writing in journal and burning it. But oh, some people yeah. do do that. Yeah. Like write and then burn. They As do. like a symbol. Symbolism, of letting
0: symbol- go symbolic symbolic yes. yeah, yeah. Um, um and then self-care practices to help manage your day-to-day stress emotions so that you're not acting from a place of reactivity whether that's exercise or meditation or getting out in nature whatever it is that you do to nourish your well-being
1: sometimes i go hiking in silence and that's pretty cool it's funny like the first hour or two will be really nice And then all of a sudden I start getting really frustrated at the fact that I'm alone with my thoughts and I have to deal with them. And so I'm like, how long is this walk going to take? And I'm getting all angry and then to actually,
0: it's good because it brings up stuff and there's no escape. I do contemplation where I sit and do nothing eyes open experience Mm -hmm. not eyes closed and i have nothing to distract me because you get to this brink of boredom where Mm -hmm. it's super uncomfortable and you really want to do something like check your phone Mm -hmm. or put a check load of washing on or something like that but if you can just tip yourself over that edge beyond that is just so much revelation about the uncomfortable thoughts or something that you're experiencing that's where you really start to tip into creativity there's heaps of TED talks actually on boredom and the power of boredom and how important it is for kids to be bored. If anybody's ever interested in listening, I can put something like in the show notes because I find it extremely fascinating, especially in this age, now I'm getting off topic, where kids are constantly <laughs> switched on and, oh, yeah, it's crazy. and overactive. So I'll put that in the show notes.
1: Put that in the show notes. Um, and then maybe we can also link, I think the holistic psychologist has a free journal that's meant to be really good. So if you've heard about us journaling and you would like to, I will try and find that link and put it in the show notes. Yeah. you writing this down so we don't forget. Oh, are
0: we? No, I'm not writing anything no, okay. down. Well, I'll, I'll do it when we listen back.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. True. I forget we're recording. Um,
0: And I think... Is that kind of it? Like, I think I it's think just that sums everything up that we wanted to say. Yeah, just
1: being able to identify the stories you're telling yourself and understand that letting go and letting go also, we spoke about that on a big scale, I know, and letting go of stories and stuff. But it's also when you're co parenting, and especially at the beginning of this, is the space you're in, it's letting go of the small things too. Oh, so it's yeah. letting go of, you know, pick up or drop off. And they said something that wasn't great. And look, you could start an argument about it, but you were feeling fine before. And you're just going to let it go because maybe they're having a bad day and maybe they're struggling. Mm. You know, it's just letting go of little things. Like the amount of stuff Charlie must let go of how annoying I am and how much stuff I let go of how annoying he is. Like if you're listening, Charlie, all the towels on the ground, then (laughs) like,
0: and like, Steve if the clothes is, behind the washing door yeah.
1: <laughs> but like just letting stuff go and just going you know what
0: I'm and the bigger than picture this of, what, and, the and big it picture doesn't yeah the
1: big important. picture it's is this really something that we need to have an argument about
0: and sometimes so, yes
1: but <laughs> I mean no. there's times for discussion <laughs> um oh. but yes so I think just taking that in and going I know sometimes, especially if you've been in a pattern of turmoil and a pattern of arguments and stuff through the separation, it can feel more comfortable to get into an argument over something small. But rewrite that and try and just let it go. And Mm. once you start, it's actually quite a thing. You just go, okay, you know what? Actually, I don't have the space to be worried about this right now, so I'm going to let it go.
0: And then it just kind of, yes, no, remember how we talked about the first year is really hard work? Yes. Oh, this yeah. is one of the things that's really hard work in the first year yeah. because you're constantly, intentionally, and actively rewriting the stories that you tell yourself. Yes. You're, you're literally doing that as a, as a physical practice in your daily thing, but eventually it becomes automatic that you start to pick these things up yes. on the spot and are rewriting them in your head. Like Ali said earlier in the episode, where she's like hang on that doesn't sound right that's what it will start to look like two three mm-hmm. four years of practice down the track because i yeah. do the same thing i'm like oh yeah no i can tell that i'm this comes from this or i'm telling my story about this and that doesn't actually really feel true in my body whereas before like i said i would fucking white knuckle grip these things I was like, "You will pry this yep. belief out of my cold, dead hands." I'm taking it <laughs> to <within> the grave. <laughs> it is my life.
1: It is um, me. Yeah, definitely. And I think that, yeah, just being able to. And we talk about in episode one, just going on the letting go of things in the initial part. I think you got to remember, and you would all know from being in this space, that it's there is a lot of turmoil and it's a lot of ups and downs, and you're both going to have bad days and good days, and they mm-hmm. might not. Uh, line up. So if you're both, or they might line up and you're both having a bad day at the same time. And often that's when you get into little tips that really make no sense. Yeah. And are over the fact that someone didn't pick up a towel off the ground, mm. but on the good days, <laughs> um, on the good days, like if you're feeling fine and you think to yourself, oh, I could enter into this, but I'm not going to, that's actually like, that's progress and it's mm. happening and mm-hmm. you're letting go of stuff.
0: And and progress just... is always happening you just might yep. not be able to see it all the time because it's so subtle but progress is always happening we're always evolving we're always changing it's always going on whether we're aware of it or not yep okay we're so awkward at goodbyes <laughs> We
1: are. Okay. okay we'll see you next week
0: am i pausing yes yeah, stop it oh. <laughs> You're holding your breath and I'm like, I'm waiting! <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for being part of the co parenting movement. We are so grateful to have you here. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please head over to iTunes and give us a five star review and subscribe. If you know any friends or family going through a separation with children, please pass this on so we can reach as many people as possible. Follow at Parenting Apart on Instagram and we'll see you next time.